0: My favorite quotes about uh, the boarding schools or in Canada they were called the residential schools comes from a, a woman named Harriet Nahani who is a survivor of the Alberni residential school in British Columbia and uh, she I think spoke most directly about the purpose what was behind it all she said we were the keepers of the land that is the special job given to our people by the Creator and the whites wanted the land the trees, and the fish. So they had to brainwash us to forget that we had to guard and preserve the land for the Creator. That's why they put us in the residential schools and terrorized us so we'd forget our language and our laws and allow the land to be stolen. And it worked. The whites have 99% of the land now, and our people are dying off. That's why it's never been about God or civilizing us. It's always been about the land. If you eradicate the culture, the young ones are not going to grow up with a spirit of resistance, a desire to protect their homeland. It's a way to keep the population subjugated so the land can be exploited. Winona LaDuke has written, um, The last 150 years have seen a great holocaust. There have been more species lost in the past 150 years than since the Ice Age. During the same time, indigenous peoples have been disappearing from the face of the earth. Over 2,000 nations of indigenous peoples have gone extinct in the Western Hemisphere, and one nation disappears from the Amazon rainforest every year. There is a direct relationship between loss of cultural diversity and the loss of biodiversity. Wherever indigenous peoples still remain, there is also a corresponding enclave of biodiversity. And so uh, there isn't any indigenous group, as far as I know, that doesn't uh, see themselves as intimately connected to the land. And in fact, one of the reasons why I like the term indigenous is because it uh, indicates that you're coming from the land, you're of the land. And that's how I know as Dakota people, we see ourselves in relationship to our homeland. Um, but because of that, it's no wonder that the same fate that our people suffered uh, was the fate of our homelands, our, our territories. So I've, we came into uh, Seattle on Friday and had a chance to spend some time down by the waterfront and the tourist shops and uh, it was clear to me that people here are in love with their city. They're very proud of Seattle. And so I wanted to show this image and ask you, how do you feel when you see this image? Are you filled with pride at the beauty of your city? Do you marvel at the accomplishments of modern civilization? Do you believe that this is a reflection of societal progress? I see some very different things when I come in. One of the first things I try to do is imagine what the land looked like before the city destroyed everything. Part of what we're battling is... uh, I guess, a contest over, over world view. How do you see the land? How do you see your relationship to the land? And I think that one of the, um, I guess, the instigators or the major uh, perpetrators of the violence comes from the ideology um, in the Bible. And I think part of this is from the Genesis hierarchy. Genesis 128, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And I don't know, um, I don't think I could convey the harm that this worldview has done too strongly. I come from a culture where we, in fact, I s- s- greeted you when I said it at the at the beginning, all my relations, all my relatives. That phrase, uh, I think, embodies Dakota worldview in that it uh, reflects a relationship with all of creation. Our job is as human beings while we're living on this earth is to maintain good relations with all of creation, not to subdue, not to rule over, not to steward even, to live in good relation. And you can't do that from a position of superiority where you believe you're on top more and you have a consciousness or you think we believe that all life has a spirit and it wouldn't have been so bad if it was just confined maybe to a specific territory a specific geography but that's not what the bible instructs Matthew 28:19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit this is imperialism. This is how violence is carried out in other people's homelands, in other people's territories. And this is violence against every other culture's spirituality, way of life, connection to land. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's brutal. It's violent. It's oppressive. And of course, John 14:6 I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me. So when I think about Seattle these are pictures of the early years what had to be destroyed so that this city could be built. Chief Seattle in 1854 stated every part of this country is sacred to my people every hillside Every valley, every plain and grove has been hallowed by some fond memory or some sad experience of my tribe. Even the rocks, which seem to lie dumb as they swelter in the sun along the silent seashore in solemn grandeur, thrill with memories of past events connected with the lives of my people. The very dust under your feet responds more lovingly to our footsteps than to yours, because it, because it is the ashes of our ancestors— and our bare feet are conscious of the sympathetic touch, for the soil is rich with the life of our kindred. I know in Dakota homeland, that's how I feel, connection to the land, to the blood and bones of my ancestors. Under U.S. occupation, 74% of U.S. soils are degraded, losing topsoil 10 times faster than it's being replenished with statistics uh, considerably higher in areas of heavy industrial agriculture. 99 percent of tall grass prairies of the Great Plains have been destroyed. By 1984 over half of the wetlands in the US were destroyed and that deterioration continues at a a rate of about 80,000 acres a year. 95 percent of old growth forests are gone. Here Mercury and PCBs contaminate the fish, making subsistence impossible or extremely difficult for populations who rely heavily on fish. According to one account, the Duwamish River is basically poison. Grizzly bears, gray wolf, orca have all faced population loss, and the region's salmon have suffered. Even the air... Needed to breathe is polluted enough to allow researchers to link it to cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's. We're facing a planetary crisis because of the ways of the colonizers. The same worldview that caused the destruction of indigenous homelands here is destroying lands and waters everywhere. U.S., of course, is one of the world's worst countries in terms of its environmental impact, second only to Brazil. We're the second largest emitter of carbon dioxide, second only to China from fossil fuel emissions. And while the U.S. is not the only contributor to these world problems, we all know rising CO2 emissions, ocean acidification, global warming, overpopulation, toxification from industrial technology, habitat destruction so bad so that one half of the living species today are expected to be extinct by the end of this century. The scariest part is that this society still has not rectified its ways. We're on the same path, the same course. And not only has the rate of destruction not slowed down It's still accelerating. Like with issues of genocide and issues of ethnocide, the magnitude of the harms done from ecocide are overwhelming. There are no easy solutions no easy fixes, except that we need to stop. We need to stop industrial civilization. From my perspective, the fight against colonization is also the fight against industrial civilization. But it's the mentality, the worldview, the religious perspective that has allowed the genocide That has allowed the colonization that also supports industrial civilization. So, on that less than cheery note, I'm going to turn it back to John.